everyone and welcome to Everything with Jenna. My name is Jenna and this is Everything with me. So you guys, this week I wanted to talk a little bit about traveling and obviously this is on my mind because I just was on a business trip last week. I was in Colorado for four days and some things I have observed. And if you listen to my last week's podcast, very quickly, I talked about how much I am interested in air travel and the travel industry in general. I I really find it fascinating. But as a business traveler flying Southwest Airlines, I will shout it out loud and clear. I am very uh, big advocate of Southwest Airlines, mostly because I really appreciate that your bags fly free. And because I recently had surgery, I'm not allowed to lift anything more than 15 pounds. So normally, normal times, I would just carry my bag on. But because I'm not allowed to lift anything, I was being very mindful and trying to lift my suitcase into the overhead compartment just was not um It wasn't going to work for me. I actually weighed my suitcase before I left and it was like 23 pounds. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do very little. I knew I was going to have to lift it a little bit. So I checked my bag. So when I travel, like I said, normally I carry on my bag, but I didn't this time. And the thing is, is I am based out of Las Vegas. (laughs) So leaving Las Vegas on a Tuesday isn't that big of a deal. But flying back into Las Vegas on a Friday is always something to uh, behold, I should say. (laughs) So let's talk about how people when they travel. And I don't know if it's because maybe people are out of practice from traveling, but how people just generally just turn into I don't know, like they have no idea like what this is a what is this place where there's airplanes? It's called the airport, sir. That's that's what it is. And so, you know, getting to the airport in Las Vegas, my flight was at I want to say it was like at 11 o'clock in the morning leaving Las Vegas. So I didn't have to get there super early, which was great. But I have the TSA app and I was checking the times and I knew there wasn't much of a wait at all. So I wasn't too concerned about that. The only difference was is normally I have princess treatment and normally I'm dropped off at the airport by either my husband or my mom and then I'm picked up. Uh, But because of work and the time I was leaving, I had to drive and leave my car at the airport. So first of all, that is something that I'm not used to doing. I know how to get to the airport. I know how to park in valet at the airport. But long term, longer than a day, I'm like, you know, I shouldn't valet because <laughs> valet can be a little pricey. One day, it's not so bad. But four days, it was going to be like $80, $100. So I thought, you know, that's not fair to my company because they pay for it. So I'll do the long term. I didn't do economy because let's face facts, my car does not need to sit out in the sunshine for four days straight in Las Vegas in August. I don't care who you are. I don't think anyone fault me for that. So anyways, I finally make my way to the long-term parking. And um, of course I missed it the first time. I'm like, crap, I was going for ballet. So that wasn't right. Uh, So finally get there and everything and uh, make my way into the terminal. And now I know how to check a bag. I have checked a bag at McCarran, which is the airport in Las Vegas, about a million times. No problems. I know how to do the little sticky thingy. I get on, you know, I do the whole thing. I get to the TSA checkpoint to security and... um the guy in front of me, the couple in front of me, I should say, they just seemed so confused. And I felt bad for them because it was just like they didn't know where they were going. And we were literally in the TSA line. And again, there was not a line at all. So it's just kind of like a Disneyland line where you're walking through the little rope things and you just walk up. And um, 
they were talking to the TSA person and like asking all these questions. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Uh, so then, uh, you know, they check my ID and my uh, boarding pass and all that stuff. And I get um, in in line and the person in front of me, it was like they had never gone through any sort of airport since like 1982. And, you know, I was trying to be helpful to this guy and he just seemed so confused. And I said, okay, you have to put this in here. And he was just like, oh, okay. And the, and the TSA lady, she was really trying to be helpful. And how the things are here is their automatic trays. So they come out underneath the the like conveyor belt. So it just like pops out and you put all your stuff in and then it goes through. But, um, he was just so confused and he had no idea what he was doing. And I felt really bad for him. And I was just like, okay, everything needs to come out of your pockets. (laughs) And I'm trying to like help this man. And, and he just was so like, Oh, okay. And you know, so he goes through, I actually get in front of him because he's like, I, I, I'm just going to need a minute. I said, Oh yeah, no problem. And so I like do my thing, put my stuff through out comes my stuff. And then he's behind me now. And I see that his bag had gotten moved over to the, the like left lane. So how it works here. And I, and in some airports, I've seen this in other airports. It's not like it here, but, um, where if they need to like do additional screening, it automatically gets moved to like this other line, your bags do, or your whatever does. So they can be additionally screened. And he's like, Oh, where's my bag? I said, Oh, it looks like it went over onto that side. And he's like, well, how do I get it? And I said, well, they're going to have to screen it additionally. And he's like, Oh my gosh, what, what did I do? And I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. I don't know. So meanwhile, I grab my stuff and I just immediately move out of the way and go over to like the little benches to just put my computer back in the, in its bag, as opposed to standing there in the line and clogging up you know, anyone who's behind me. Now, again, it was not busy here Tuesday morning in Las Vegas, certainly not like a Sunday leaving Las Vegas or a Monday morning. So no big deal, whatever. It's fine. And can I just tell you the look of people leaving Las Vegas on a Tuesday? So again, it's like 1030 in the morning, whatever, 10 o'clock in the morning. And people just look wrecked leaving Las Vegas. And I'm guessing Vegas hits them hard. That's the only thing I can assume. And they just look wrecked. And then there's slot machines in our airport, right? So there are slot machines. If you've ever flown in and out of Las Vegas, then you know this, there are slots everywhere. I mean, our baggage claim literally has a liquor store. So people just look wrecked. And this one lady, she was like, (laughs) she's talking to her husband or spouse or boyfriend or whatever he was. I don't know. I'm assuming it was her husband. And uh, he's like, no, you don't need to put more money. And she's like, I'm going to win it back. <laughs> like literally she like shoves a hundred dollars into a slot machine at the airport. And from what I observed, it didn't last very long. You guys, it did not last long. She was betting it all. And it was, it wasn't pretty. It, w- it was not pretty. And he was like, I told you not to do that. And they were like on a flight going to Milwaukee, I think. So, you know. So there's that. Uh, it just makes me laugh, right? Because when you get in and when you fly in or out of Las Vegas, it's just one of those things. It's so funny because people like lose all sense of reality when they come to Las Vegas. And I don't understand, I guess maybe because I've spent so much time of my life here, but it just, it cracks me up because I, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And 
So I'm going to jump forward. So I was in Colorado and, and whatever, and I, and I did my work there and I did what I needed to do. And this time, thankfully I did not have any problems with the rental car. If you don't know, go listen to a few podcasts ago where I had major rental car issues. Um, the rental car I did have though was a Hyundai venue and I can't say that I speak very highly of it. So it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good either. So anyways, so I'm coming back to Las Vegas on a Friday. Now coming into Las Vegas on a Friday is really something. Now, if you are a Las Vegas local, you'll understand that generally when you're flying into Las Vegas anytime and you live here, you just want to go home, right? Like you've been on a trip, whatever your trip has been, whether it's been for business or vacation, when you're flying home, you're just ready to be home, right? Like it's like, I want to go home. I want to, you know, sleep in my own bed. I'm tired, you know, because generally whenever you travel, it's a tiring process. And so, and I say tiring, I'm like, oh God, I feel like I need to yawn. But, uh, but so flying back into Las Vegas on a Friday afternoon, leaving Denver. So let me set the scene. I get to the airport and again, I have to return the rental car. So I do, I drop it off, you know, whatever. I get on the little shuttle and make my way to the terminal. Now, if you have ever flown in and out of Denver, as far as I know, this airport has constantly been under construction. I have gone in and out of Denver for, I don't know, a few years, give or take, but more recently over the last year, probably this is my fifth or sixth time flying in and out of Denver. And it's always under construction. So every time I go there, it's under construction. Remember how I told you that I normally just bring my bag on board and I don't check it, but I can't because of the whole lifting thing. So the, the rental car shuttle drops off. And now I know I'm flying Southwest and that is the East, whatever. So it's like South, I mean, West and East. And I know I'm supposed to be East, but the rental car guy says like in the big shuttle bus thing, he says, this is because of the construction we're dropping off here. Okay, great. So I walk through and yes, there are walls everywhere, temporary construction walls everywhere. And there's signs everywhere. This is like check in, check in. So up the escalator, I go down the escalator, I go all over and I see the security line and I'm like, okay, I know that's where, like, I, I know that's where I have to go, but like, where do I check in? And it's like check in around the escalator. So I'm looking and I'm looking and down and up and around and around I go. And now I'm starting to get pissed off because one, I'm aggravated that I just can't bring my suitcase on. Right. And so now I'm considering like, okay, maybe I'll just do it. Maybe just forget it. I can ask someone to help me, I guess, you know, whatever. And so I'm, I'm contemplating this as I'm getting more and more frustrated. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go around this thing one more time. If I don't find where the Southwest check-in is, then I'm just going to bring this on board and just deal with the repercussions. It's been a month since my surgery. I know I'm not supposed to lift, but it's like super fast. And, you know, so I'm like trying to make excuses. So I walk around, I go a different route. I finally, finally find the stupid Southwest check-in to check my bags. So I go and this lady's standing at the entrance and she's like, go down to the white sign because like, apparently they were closing these kiosks or whatever. And so I'm like, Okay. So down to the opposite end of where I was, at least I was in the right spot. So that's positive. So 
I finally get my bag checked. Hallelujah. Thank the baby Jesus. So now I just have my computer bag and I go down to the security line. Now on Denver, I was checking the TSA thing and it was saying it was an hour wait. But meanwhile, because I had like been around so many times, I saw that the line was moving pretty quick. I'm like, there's no way this is an hour. And uh, it wasn't. So I walked through the line pretty fast. And then I might want to mention TSA pre-check. So yes, I know I need to get TSA pre-check. I currently do not have TSA pre-check. And the reason being is because when you're someone who has been married and divorced and remarried, it's not the easiest because of all of the documentations that you have to provide. And when your passport is expired (laughs) and it's a pandemic. (laughs) And so long story short, it's, it's something that I have to do and I need to just buckle down and do it because I'm flying and it's not going to stop for my job. So I just need to get my, shockingly, I don't have my marriage certificate from my first husband. I know it's weird. I know you guys are like, why not? But I don't. And that's what I need because I need to show like from my birth certificate to my ex-husband to the name I had to then to my current name, right? So I just need to shut up and just do it. And I just need to order it. But there's something about like wanting to order a marriage certificate with my ex-husband, like really like aggravates me a little bit. So anyways, it is what it is. I just need to suck it up and do it. So anyways, so I digress. So that's why I don't have TSA pre-check. So I'm looking at the line. Okay, fine. It should be fast. So I, you know, go get in line and, uh, walk up, you know, do the whole thing. And I swear to God, you guys, like no matter what, I don't know why it is, but I can pick the worst line. It's just like at the grocery store, which is why I do pick up, right? So I look, I evaluate, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, this line is short. And I know enough to not get behind someone with a stroller. Like I'm smart enough to know that or someone that no offense is elderly because a lot of times they're not used to flying, right? So not always. And I don't mean to be stereotypical, but this is what it is. But I'm telling you, you guys, like, you like, how do people not know? It has been 20 years since 9-11. And after 9-11, we all know that that was when all these things got put into place, right? Like with you have to take your shoes off, you have to do take your bags out, you can't have liquids. And I swear, I don't know what it is. But these sometimes people I just feel like, do your research or you know, and I'm not talking like the, like the elderly people, they, they're just like, Hey, I'm slow. I'm going to move slow. Okay. They're like, I know what I have to do. So I get behind a couple and now they look to be younger than me, but not like super young. I would say like in their like mid thirties, early to mid thirties, clearly going on some kind of cute little vacation. It's a couple, whatever. And I, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, okay, this looks like a good idea. So I get behind them, whatever. And they're just so slow. So then this one TSA agent guy says, he's like, hey, if you don't have anything like metal, like, you know, like uh, metal in your body or whatever implants or whatever, you know, like, I don't know, screws in your body kind of a thing, go to the far one on the far right. So you can just walk through the regular metal sector as opposed to the, like the scanny thingy. I don't care the line. There's no one there. So this couple and I like book it over there. So they have one suitcase and two what appears to be smaller, like carry on bags. Now the wife, she says, or the girlfriend, whatever, I think they were married. It appeared they were married. And uh, she says to the TSA agent, do we need to take our shoes off? And she said, yes, 
you have to take your shoes off. She's like, well, I'm wearing sandals. And she's like, I understand, but you have heel sandals on. So you need to take your shoes off, which I didn't know, but whatever. Okay. Good to know. So she takes her shoes off, whatever. And I kid you not, he starts like pulling stuff out of his pockets that I'm like, dude, have you never been to an airport in your whole life? And maybe he hasn't. And maybe they should have a line for first timers or people who need extra time. That actually is probably a good idea for people who don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, hey, new here, haven't flown in the last 20 years, come to this line. We're going to be more supportive of you over here. Now, I'm a patient person. I'm looking at my clock. Of course, I was a little frustrated with my whole like around and around looking for the check-in thing. But I'm like, I have plenty of time. So I wasn't in a hurry, but I was also like, hey, let's just get through security. Because at Denver, you have to take the little tram, like the little subway thing and as most airports, I think these days, but you have to take the little tram thingy and it takes, and Southwest flies out of Seagates and it's the last stop out there, right? It's like the farthest end of the little airport. So anyway, so he's pulling all this stuff out, putting everything in the little bins and everything. And I'm just like, okay, seriously. Okay, here we go. Okay. We're walking through now. Okay, great. Now it's not even, again, it's just the straight metal detector. You walk right through. It's not the, where you put your arms up over your head thing. So he walks through. Okay, fine. That's great. And out comes their stuff. Well, literally, as I said, he took everything out of his pockets and his shoes and all this stuff and his belt. So as soon as their bins come out, with their luggage and then their bags and then the bins of all the shit that they have, right? (laughs) They just instantly start putting everything on right there. Get out of the way. Like, what are you doing? There is a designated place for you to walk over and get all of your act together. They have benches. They have this whole area set up on purpose on purpose for people like you and me and everyone else who needs some time to get redressed, so to speak, right? Get out of the way. Standing there with no, no care in the world that there is all these people behind them. Now they've left their stuff on the little conveyor belt, meaning that none of the rest of the things are coming out. So now they're backing things up. So I looked over and I said, can you move your tray off the thing? And he's like, oh, I'm not done yet. I said, yeah, but you have all these things here. He's like, oh, like a light bulb. I said, thank you so much. Cause I was trying to be like super nice, even though I was like super freaking aggravated. And I'm like, dude, just move your stuff. There's literally benches right there. Like, like take 10 steps and there's a whole area for you to get redressed. Now Denver, it is, it is tighter there. So I get it. But on the other side, like what? Why? Why can't you just be considerate? I just, I don't even think it's a consideration. I just think he was just dumb and maybe not dumb, but maybe he's a nervous flyer. And I know there's probably a lot of reasons why, but hello, like turn around and look to see dude, what you are doing. And the wife, girlfriend, whatever. She was like, come on, Jared. You know, like she was super aggravated, which I get like, okay, I'm a wife. I understand. Right. But (laughs) I'm just like, come on, Jared. Exactly. Like move your bloody ass, you know, like, come on, like move. And And it's just like, what is up also with the moving sidewalks at the airport? Like, it's not a ride at Disneyland. Like, I don't understand. So when there are moving sidewalks, why is it just asking that people feel the need to stand on them like it's a ride? And then if someone wants to pass, then again, they're just 
taking the whole moving sidewalk thing up. They got their bags out. They're eating Chick-fil-A, right? Just in the middle of the moving sidewalk. I don't understand. Like, what? It's not a roller coaster. (laughs) It's not a ride. I mean, I have stood on them, but you always stand on the right and then walk on your left. Like, it's pretty common I thought it was pretty common knowledge. Maybe it's not. Maybe I misunderstood like what like we all were aware of. I don't know. It's just very odd to me that people then just like stand there like they're on a ride. And then when they go to get off, it's like, whoa, here we go. And inevitably someone trips. I trip all the time. It's just who I am. I'm a very klutzy, klutzy person. But, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, just just you could walk, you could even just stroll and you're still going to move so much faster. But you realize that if you're just standing on it, then it's actually slower, right? Am I the only one who understands that? Or I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. And then you have the whole, like with Southwest, if you're not familiar, but I'm pretty sure most people are familiar. But then again, I have a lot of uh, international listeners. So with Southwest Airlines, you you don't have assigned seating. Some people don't like this. I personally have no problem with this. But the, the kicker with this is that you check in at 24 hours before the flight departure time. And then when you check in, you get a letter and then a number. A, 1 through 60. B, 1 through 60. C, 1 through, I don't think it's 60. Maybe it is. But whatever, right? Okay. So I think it depends on how big the plane is. So The thing is, is I have early bird check-in. I always use that. So it automatically checks me in. It doesn't necessarily guarantee me an A, but it pretty much normally does. And I'm on my way to having a list anyways, because of how much I've flown this last year. My colleague, he already has a list, so he rubs it in my face, but whatever. So what happens is you get in line, you line up, they have podium, they have like little stanchion things and they have little signs. This is A1 through 30 on this side and a 31 through 60. And they kind of give you like designated markers. So you know where to stand. It never fails. Now I generally am an A like normally, especially for work. I'm always an A. Uh, when my family and I flew to South Carolina, uh, in July, at the beginning of July or middle of July, it, I was, my son, Jack and I were B's, but my husband, we did, we did early bird for him. Because it made more sense to just like get one of us as an A as opposed to all three of us. Because why pay for it? Because they charge you for it. So he's he's the A. So anyways, when you're an A, you get up, you get in line. When you're a B, once the A's go, then you get in line. It never, ever fails that I will be standing in line as an A. Like A39 was one of the ones I was on this on this little trip. And people with a C are standing there. I'm like, um hello, like you're a C. Oh, what number are you? A39. Oh, okay. Well, I need to get in front of you. I'm like, oh, well, what number are you? Oh, are you like A38 or something? Oh no, I'm C22. So I need to go in front of you. Um, That's not how this works. You're going to be sitting in a middle seat. I have news for you. Like that's how it works. So when you board the plane, then you just, it's open seating. You just pick your spot and sit down. Now everyone knows in Southwest Airlines, Everyone knows this, that you're going window or aisle and you always leave the middle seat open unless you're traveling with a party of three, right? Even still, when I flew, when it was me and my boss and my colleague, when we boarded, 
we spread out like they both wanted whatever I sat in the window they wanted I whatever it did not matter to me I didn't care and we just sat in like similar row we didn't all sit together because I'm like we're well, not a family and I'm good because I am the littlest person and I get stuck in the middle every freaking time when my husband and my son and I fly guess who's in the middle I am that mom bitch seat is where I'm at so when I fly by myself Generally, when I fly shorter flights, like from Vegas to Denver or Vegas to Phoenix, I just go in the in the window because then I can tuck myself in there and then I don't have to worry about it getting up and all that kind of stuff. Right. So when I fly cross country, it's a little bit different. But I swear to God, you know, if it's a full flight, which coming to Vegas on a Friday, it will be a full flight. People, you're not going to get an aisle seat. I have news for you. It is not going to happen. So then people generally have the audacity who are C's like C40 and 41. Oh, can you move so we can sit together? No, no, I cannot. Now I rarely am asked that normally because I'm in the window. And by the time those people board, it's pretty much my aisles full usually. But, um, No, that's part of the perks. That's why you have to know the system. Now I get not everyone knows the system and I understand that. But again, don't you feel like people should do research? Am I the only person who just does does, like look stuff up ahead of time? Like I want to know where am I going? What am I doing? How long will it take me to get there? Like I have questions. Am I the only person that does that? I know I'm not. But sometimes I feel like that, especially when you get to the airport and people are acting all a fool. Like, how do you not know that you have to take your belt off and then, you know, walk through a metal detector? From my understanding, now I did not Google this and maybe I should have, metal detectors at airports have been around for my whole life. I know for sure. And I'm 40. Like, at least the the memories of me flying, we've, there has always been metal detectors and those little like x-ray machine things. Because I remember as a little kid, I used to fly. I mean, I've been flying since I was a baby, but I used to fly by myself from Las Vegas to New York by myself as an unaccompanied minor minor at five years old. So I understand how airports work. Like, don't get me wrong here. Right. But I remember those like when I was a kid. Now, I do remember that your parents could go like, remember, you could like meet people at the gate. Oh, those were the days, huh? You could just be there and meet people right there at the at the gate. And it was a big fun thing. But those days are long gone. Um, but for the most part, but yeah, I just don't understand. I just don't understand why people don't get the heck out of the way or understand that there's people behind them. And then you get on the plane, right? Okay. So Southwest, you pick your flight, you pick your thing, whatever you sit down, buckle in, push out and Southwest. Can I just tell you, like they have no problem. Like I'm curious. They have no problem like hauling some serious ass on the tarmac before takeoff. I'm curious if there are speed limits out there because I always feel like like when I felt fly Delta, which isn't too often anymore, or American, like they slow roll out to the, you know, the runway. Like they're like, oh, we're one way A4 or whatever. You know, it's like, you know, it's just a very light, like, you know, the plane kind of bounces about like very calm. Southwest, I swear, they're like me in the fast lane. Like they're just like hauling some serious ass out there. They're like, let's go. We want to get you there and we want to go. Probably because they like fly so much. I don't know. But um, so, you know, you get, okay, so then you take off, do the whole thing, whatever. Okay, here we go. We're up, we're out, we're here. And normally I'm, sh- again, I'm, I'm taking shorter flights. So, I know that when the first ding happens after you're airborne, it's that we've hit 10,000 feet. You can bring your laptop out. 
Then I know they'll come on, they do an announcement, boom, okay, moving right along. <laughs> then it's like seatbelt sign comes off. And you can tell as soon as like they start, they like started the descent into Las Vegas, it's always bumpy in the summertime because of the, because of the heat. And I'm like, they're going to clean the cabin up early, ask the flight attendants to take their seat early because it's going to be a bumpy ride coming into Vegas. It never fails. That's just what it is, right? Like, I don't know. That's just who I am. I know that I've flown into Las Vegas enough times in my life as a child, as an adult in the summertime that this is what it is. So sure enough. And there's always that person that no matter what, they turn that seatbelt sign on and they get up and they go to the bathroom. Now, I think that that is against FAA rules. I'm pretty sure it is, right? Like, I don't know, especially when you're getting ready to land. I feel like that's a thing. Again, things I should Google. So, you know, then it's just like, please remember the pilot the captain has put on the seatbelt sign, blah, blah, blah. So then the other person comes back and says, well, I just couldn't wait. Okay. Probably because you were drinking it up in the airport would be my guess. I don't know. So now you land. And this flight was interesting because when we landed in Las Vegas, it's the first time in a really long time the flight attendant came on and she said, hey, look, don't try and crowd the aisle way. You're going to go one aisle at a time. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, like, thank you. Now, how ridiculous is it that we have to say that to people? So sure enough, one aisle at a time, they finally, you know, so we get off the plane. And again, you get off the plane and people immediately stop right outside of the jetway. Just stop right there like looking around and I get it. You want to know where you're at, but like pull over to the side or something like what, what I get it. You come out of the thing and you're little cause you don't know where you're at in the airport. I understand that. Like it happens to all of us, but why are you stopping right in the middle of the jetway? Like right at the end of it, I should say in the middle, like move bitch, like get out the way we have other, you have a full plane behind you or half of a plane or whatever. And then my favorite is so again, had to check the bag. So had to go to baggage claim. Okay, fine. So I'm going down the escalator. Now the escalator is pretty packed. So I take the little, little tram, the little monorail over to the main terminal, coming down the escalator, going to baggage claim. This lady is on her phone again, Friday afternoon, coming into Las Vegas. Oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait to see you. And she's on her phone and she's got her bag and her purse is, you know, you know how like you put like a bag on top of the bag on the rolly thingy. Hopefully you all know what I'm trying to say in my amazingly descriptive way here. So she's put, she has the, the Louis Vuitton, Louis, Louis Vuitton, (laughs) the Louis, the Louis Vuitton bag that I'm assuming is a knockoff. I'm pretty sure it was a dupe. Uh, and she has it sitting on and she's talking, screaming on the phone to her friend. She's like, oh my God, I'm coming out of the escalator right now, right now. And now she's not paying attention. And the, and the, the Louis bag flips over and starts to fall down her suitcase, literally fall down her suitcase. So I'm watching this and she's in front of me and I'm like, oh, great. And sure enough, as soon as she hits the bottom of that, of that uh, escalator, she's like, oh, shit. And she stops at the end of the escalator. Now there, this, this isn't just my flight. This is everyone coming down to baggage claim. Right. And I'm like, excuse me, because I'm going to hit her because there are people behind me and she is blocking the entire exit way end of it. And she's like, oh. And she's wearing flip flops and way too short of clothes, of course, for anyone 
but especially her. And she's like, oh, shit, okay. And she falls down, I kid you not, and, like, slides away as we all try not to trample on this poor woman. I'm like, lady, okay. (laughs) So then she pops up. So I, like, you know, I, like, scoot around her to the right. She pops up. She slides down, whatever, pops up, and she's still on the phone. She's like, I just fucking fell because my bag, la, la, la. Then she... Then she's like, I just came down the escalator. Where are you? There is only one escalator. And I'm thinking to myself, lady, if you think that this airport only has one escalator coming into baggage claim, sure, you kind of deserve to fall. I'm just saying, like, I know that sounds very harsh, but it's true. Like, I know for sure there's at least six escalators that are in that area of the different parts. There's more than one baggage claim pumpkin. So... Needless to say, she runs out the door and she starts screaming like, oh, it's so good. So whatever. So she was happy and I was happy. And then my bag came and finally made my way over back to my car and was finally on my way home. But I just have to say, again, with the clothes thing, though, that just reminded me I had a note about that. Um, What people choose to wear to Las Vegas is also very interesting. It's something I observed while I was standing in line to get on the plane in Denver. And our flight was delayed for about an hour. So we were lined up waiting, waiting to go because they were like, line up, we do. And then we're waiting, uh, I think, because they were trying to still turn the plane around as far as like clean it before then we got on. And uh, I'm standing there looking and, you know, there's the there's the couples that are younger couples that are coming to Vegas for like a joint bachelor and bachelorette party. Um, and then there's the ones who are getting married and then there's the ones that are, you know, just going to Vegas for the weekend and oh my God, it's so much fun. And the clothes that they wear, I think they think it's like cool to wear like the trashiest thing. Now I get it. I've, I've lived in Las Vegas for the majority of my life at this point. And some of the things that people choose to wear just blows my mind still. And what they choose to fly in blows my mind. Like it just floors me because, you know, hopefully God willing, nothing ever happens, but like, I'm a big advocate of wearing not just flip flops on the airplane, because I keep thinking like, I've always thought this, if something were to happen, which, you know, it, God willing, it never will in my life, you know, for me or my family or anything like that. Like, I want to be able to know I have shoes, you know, does that make sense? Because I feel like if I'm wearing flip flops on the airplane and it goes down and it goes down fast and you got to run, you're not going to be able to run in flip flops, you know, like at least have a back on them. I'm just saying that's just who I am. And maybe maybe that's just me being like overly cautious. But then I'm like, OK, and then you're on the airplane and you take your shoes off like gross, like that's gross. I think that's really gross when people do that, too. So that's just my take on it. But the short shorts and the things that people think are like, oh, this would be so great for Las Vegas. It, if it looks bad in your hometown, honey, it's going to look bad in Las Vegas, too. I'm just saying it's not just like all of a sudden, like anything goes. I get it. What happens here stays here, supposedly. But it doesn't. It really, truly doesn't. And that includes your bad fashion decisions. My personal opinion. So anyways, here's all I'm saying is that if you choose to fly, I hope that you have a great trip wherever you're going, wherever your final destination may be. But please be aware of your surroundings. That's all I'm saying. So that is all I wanted to talk about this week. I know there's a lot of other things happening in the world, but I thought this was a good take on what it was like just traveling still in the pandemic, 
still with masks, no mask issues, actually, thankfully at the airport for me. So I'm very grateful for that. But interesting, interesting observations this go around. So I hope you all are well. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to catching up with you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.